Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Green Light Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Landon Kaler, and today we're starting a new series. We're going to be making a podcast every single day for the whole entire college basketball season, and this is the first one about day one of college basketball. This one's probably going to get posted a little late because I am filming this um, the next morning, so... Let's without further ado, let's get into it. These shouldn't be these shouldn't take long to say. Um, we'll try to keep all these under thirty minutes for your enjoyment. But without further ado, let's get into Monday, November sixth, opening day of college basketball. We had some great games. Let's start with some of our bigger ranked teams. Kansas and Hunter Dickin Hunter Dickinson's Jayhawk debut. He puts up 21 points, 8 rebounds as Kansas wins by 40 against North Carolina Central. Duke takes down Dartmouth, Ivy League. Filipowski had 25-7 and seven to lead the Blue Devils. Purdue, their first game in a very long 8 months since they lost um, in the NCAA tournament. They beat Samford 98 to 45. They were winning 51 to 17 at halftime. That's just, that's absolutely ridiculous. Zach Eady didn't even have to play that much. He put up 16 points, 11 rebounds, and then added four blocks. Let's get into the biggest upset, probably that we will see for a very long time in college basketball. James Madison takes down Michigan State in East Lansing. Coming into this game, Michigan State was favored by 16.5, and and they lose in overtime to the James Madison Dukes. Tyson Walker had 35 points, three assists, did not matter. Michigan State, how'd they lose this game? They lost a game from three. They shot 5%. They were one for 20 behind the arc. And that's not going to win you games. I don't think you can beat anybody shooting one from 20 for three. Maybe this means James Madison is a real Sun Belt Conference contender. I don't know. This is, what does this mean for Michigan State? I don't really think we can't overreact at this. I went back in Michigan State when they won the national championship in 1999-2000. I believe they lost to Weber State in non-conference play. So we can I'm going to take this with a grain of salt. I don't think there's any way Michigan State can shoot 1 for 20 again. I don't think that's possible. I think they're too good of a team to do that. Their guard play is too good. And I think to be able to shoot 1 for 20 and to be leading late in the 4th before James Madison made some big shots down the stretch to send this game to overtime. I I know everybody wants to overreact and say Michigan State's done, but they're not done. They're not going to go anywhere. I don't think this is a North Carolina downward spiral that we'll see out of Michigan State this year. I mean, possibly it could be. It could be. There's nothing stopping that, I guess, but I believe in Tom Izzo. I'll I believe in their guards. I believe they can 
get this thing back on the tracks before it gets too far off. Unlike North Carolina last year. That's definitely something to keep your eye on. Because this could be a problem for Michigan State if they really can't shoot the three. Okay, let's keep moving. Marquette, they take down Northern Illinois. Cam Jones has 20 points. No problem for Marquette. UConn, their first game since the national championship. They have no problem with Northern Arizona beating them by 43 points. Caravan had 22 points and 7 boards. Um, There's not really anything else upset-wise out of the top 25 or even close games, should I say. But despite that James Madison, Michigan State game. Kentucky, Rob Dillingham looked very good in his debut as a Wildcat, 17 points. They beat New Mexico State by 40. Texas, as I was watching Texas, it just looked, everybody was just playing iso ball. Didn't look like they, didn't really matter, didn't matter at all. They were up 48 to 17 at halftime, and they cruised to an 88-56 win. North Carolina, Radford, this game was actually close. I really I really enjoyed watching this game, actually. North Carolina wins 86-70, to but Radford had stretches there in the first half where they were leading the game by five, six, seven points at times before they let the lead slip right before halftime. And then North Carolina really took control of the game in the last 10 minutes. That last fourth of the game, they really took control of the game. And then let's USC, Kansas State. This was a really good night. I'll say night game. I believe it was in Vegas. Yes. But this was a very entertaining game to watch. Isaiah Isaiah Collier and Boogie Ellis, they might have the best backcourt in college basketball. After I watched Michigan State and after I watched USC, I'm like, oh my goodness. <clears throat> Obviously, the turnovers were there. I think USC had 18 turnovers this game, but that's going to come with a, a lot of young, inexperienced guys. Bronny James did not play, but Isaiah Collier and Boogie Ellis really just stole the show. And it was a phenomenal game. I was really impressed by. Um, oh, excuse me. Sorry, my computer just glitched. DJ Rodman. I really like what I saw from DJ Rodman. And Kobe Johnson. I really think this USC team could be really, really good. I believe... Who what tournament did they play? Playing a San Diego tournament, I think, this year. I was really impressed by DJ Rodman and Kobe Johnson. I really thought... Even though DJ Rodman, he didn't really... It was more his defense. He had a block. But... He didn't really show up on the stat sheet that much. Kobe Johnson, though, he is now a scoring threat. He had 16 points. He had four steals, eight rebounds, an assist, and a block. He did all the dirty work for the Trojans, and that really impressed me. And now he's a scoring threat. He can be the third option on that team. And then, obviously, Isaiah Collier, he fouled out, I believe, with about six minutes to go in the fourth so I believe he got interviewed after the game said he needs to play smarter yeah but 18 points 
He did have six turnovers, but you can live with that with six assists. Uh, three rebounds, seven for nine shooting. He was seven for nine in his debut. He only hit, he only put had to put up nine shots to score eighteen. That's impressive. Turnovers and obviously the fouls. A little bit of awareness needs to be fixed there, but I really like what I saw. And then Boogie Ellis, twenty four points, five assists, three steals, fifty percent from the field. It was a Clinic by the backcourt of Kobe Johnson, Isaiah Collier, Boogie Ellis. As of right now, I think they have the best backcourt in all of college basketball, without a doubt. But I was really, as I was looking at Kansas State, I wasn't really impressed by Arthur Kaluma, but who I was impressed by was Tyler Perry. He is um 5'11 guard. He didn't really have a ton of minutes last year, but he came in and 22 points. He was he kept them in the game. If it was not for Tyler Perry, he's they're not in the game. Transfer from North Texas. If it's not for him, he's Wildcats are not even close. They ended up losing by 13, but they could have been a lot worse. He had 22 points, six assists, six rebounds. Four from 12 from three. He was chucking there a little bit at the end. But I was really impressed. He definitely can control this offense. Defending, a little bit of a problem maybe. But definitely look for Tyler Perry to probably be the main guy in Kansas State's offense this year. Let's keep moving to some more games. Villanova, they take down American University. Eric Dixon, 15.6 boards. Alabama, Grant Nelson's debut, 24 points, 7 rebounds for the Tide as they beat Moorhead State by 30. Illinois had some, I'm not going to say had problems with Eastern Illinois, but I think they were losing like 10-3 to at one point. But they were up by 12 at halftime, and they cruised to a 80-52 to victory. Now, let's go to some non-ranked games that really caught my eye that I watched or watched the game cast of on ESPN. Georgia-Oregon. I believe this game, this was also the Las Vegas game. Um, I believe it tipped off at like 3.30 Eastern, I believe. 3.30 Eastern, that sounded about right. Oregon beats Georgia 82-71. to 71. They win by 11 points. Nafala Dante... 16 points, 21 rebounds. Oh, 21 rebounds. Crazy. The Ducks shot 40% from three while only having 15 turnovers. They almost, not almost doubled, but they out-rebounded Georgia by 28. That deserves a moment of silence. That is absolutely crazy. <laughs> that is insane. So many second chance points. So many offensive rebounds. So many second looks. Georgia really never had a chance in the game because of that. Because even if they're missing a three, they're kicking that thing right back out and drilling it. 
I mean, they only did shoot 15 threes, but they made six of them. So I was also really impressed with uh, Rigsby off the bench for Oregon. He had 16 points, six boards, three assists, and a steal. He gave really good minutes. I think he played, he played 28 minutes. Wow. I also, um, as I was looking at Georgia, their other offense, whole first half, was extremely just, it was hard to, it was hard to watch. There's no movement. There's no threat offensively. There was, whole first half, there was really no threat. There's nothing like, okay, you have to run this guy off the line. You just can just play normal defense because all their guys are just standing behind the three-point arc while one guy isos. And it's usually going to be a step back, contested shot. It was not good for Georgia. And the second half, it got better. I'll say that 100%. Second half, it got a lot better. They scored 30 points in the first half, and then they scored 41 points in the second half. So it was definitely a step in the right direction. But Georgia, I mean, Oregon, excuse me, is going to be a force all year off the offensive glass. If you're not going to stop um, Dante and, let's see, probably Bitley, he had nine. Rigsby had six. Yeah. Georgia, I mean, Oregon, excuse me, Oregon is going to be a force on the glass all year long. And that can cause for some really long games. And that's also going to like allow them to be a worse team than people and sometimes beat them. So I'm going to be really excited for like an Arizona matchup, possibly USC, especially since USC doesn't have a ton of height. Morgan, I think, is their starting center. He didn't look amazing. So I feel like Oregon has the ability to beat people because of their height advantage and their strength advantage and their reach is rebounding advantage. Let's keep moving. The Princeton Tigers. First time playing since their magical March run where they beat two-seed Arizona. They beat Rutgers um, in Trenton at, New- at Rutgers' house. They beat them. This is another really game to, good game to watch on Big Ten Network. Morier, Rutgers' chosen boy, he had 12 points. Wasn't really impressed by him, should I say? He's supposed to be the truth, but didn't really look like the truth, if I'm being totally honest. 12 points, 7 rebounds. Princeton was just throwing doubles at him the whole time, making him shoot from 3, and it worked because Rutgers shot 28% from 3. Princeton, on the other hand, 45% from three, nine for 20. Rutgers was four for 14, 28% from three. But this was another really good game to watch, back and forth. Princeton was winning by four at half, I believe. Um, Rutgers got it close at one point. I think they tied it up at one point with about 10 minutes to go. Um, another, this game was very easy to watch. There wasn't that many turnovers. Princeton 12, Rutgers 9. It was a very 
it was easy on the eyes. It was a fun game to watch. Um, and it was a nice upset by Princeton. It's going to be really interesting if they can get back to March in the Ivy League because Dartmouth, obviously, they were playing Duke, but they didn't really show anything. I believe Harvard plays tomorrow or a little bit later. I don't I don't know for sure. And then who else in the Ivy League is there going to be a threat? And possibly Yale. But I couldn't really see Yale beating Princeton. So I think Princeton might be going back to March. A very good showing from them. Um, yeah. Clemson, touch on this one real quick, beats Winthrop. By 22, P.J. Hall opens the season with a 20 bomb. Looks nice. Louisville, UMBC. <laughs> Louisville escapes the one-point win after an alley-oop. <laughs> this is going to be Louisville all year. We all know that Louisville lost that D2 college in a well, not a scrimmage, in a preseason game, in a friendly, as some football folks would call it. But they beat UMBC by one on a last-second lob. US, UMBC was up by eight at the halftime. They pretty much controlled the whole first half, half of the second half, and then Louisville made a big run at the end. Oh, excuse me, Harvard played Boston, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. I can't say Massachusetts. They beat them, so Harvard is 1-0. Just a little Ivy League. <laughs> Um, Oakland, Ohio State, this one was really interesting. I was very intrigued by this game. Oakland was winning at halftime. Ohio State rallies in the second half. They get a six-point win. Um, Ohio State, I mean, they weren't great last year. They were actually pretty bad last year. So they are desperate for a good season, for sure. McNeese State takes down VCU. VCU won the A-10 last year. I know McNeese State. McNeese. I'm assuming that's how you say it. McNeese. There are a lot of people's sleeper team. That could really cause some mayhem in March, if you would. But VCU, first game without Ace Baldwin, it was rough, especially on the offensive end. They put up 29 points in the first half and the defensive end. They really looked like they missed him um, on the defensive end because McNeese State, I don't know why I say State actually, McNeese put up 41 points in the first half, 35 to tack on the second half to get an 11-point dub. And then Shashada Wells, don't know how that's how you say it, Shashada Wells, guard McNeese State. They definitely missed Ace Baldwin. He had 24 points, four steals. So definitely a team to keep your eye on, especially going into March. Let's start to wrap this thing up, shall we? One last upset for you on the day. Albaline Christian takes down the Cowboys of Oklahoma State. This was in Stillwater. Abilene Christian wins 64-59. to Abilene Christian was up by 11 points at half. Wow. 
I don't know where you go if you're Oklahoma State now. Obviously, Albion Christian has got to be one of the favorites in Western Athletic Conference. Um, Oklahoma State, this one hurt bad. There were times in the second half that you guys weren't even that they weren't even close. It was forty four to twenty eight at one point. I think it was forty four to twenty eight. That's brutal. I don't know what you do if you're Oklahoma State, I guess. There's a lot of games in the college basketball season. It's not like college football where it's one loss can be absolutely devastating. But Oklahoma State is really going to have to go back to the drawing board and figure some things out. While Abilene Christian looks like <laughs> they played one game and they're already the favorite in the Western Athletic Conference. So don't be surprised if we see them in March. I think they made March 2021. 20, Am I wrong there? Somebody fact check me. Because that's when they beat Texas. I believe they beat Texas in March a few years back. So don't be surprised if we see them back there again, okay? That's all I got from day one of college basketball. We'll also be filming day two later today after those games have all finished up. So see you guys later. Peace.